1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Welcome back, guys. DG, Asun, KMOX 204. Happy Friday to you. We are at the Hardys, uh, St. Peter's 501 Rivers Mall Drive. It's me and Wheels and Rach. Andrew uh, couldn't make it, so he is back running the board. Producer Tom Turbrock, uh, who's with me my first 10 10- 11, 12 years. 16. Uh, No way.
3: 15 years. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Uh, 2,000 or actually, yeah, 2,000 to 2,015. Yeah, that's
2: right. I'm forgetting the whole decade. Isn't that crazy? We've been on that long.
3: Boy, I feel good about that. No, no,
2: no. (laughs) I forgot my whole decade. Uh, So Tom and I started October 16th of 2000, and we're just talking about the first couple of shows, and everything we're saying is completely true. And uh, I've said this on the air before. I've told Tom privately, but, again, like we've had such great success with the DGS, and I've been blessed beyond my wildest imagination. Wouldn't be here without you.
3: Well, that means a lot, man, and don't get me crying here because you know me. I wear my heart on my sleeve, but I'm so proud of you. Um, because it wasn't easy. They threw every hurdle oh. at us that can happen. And, again, our boss comes up to us about two months in going, well, really, you guys were just going to be here a few <laughs> weeks and we're going to sell the sta- uh, <laughs> station. And it's like, what? But we started to get a little ground work done, and they're like, no, I think we're going to sell the other station. So that is a big uh, pat on your back. Our back. Yeah. Uh And, yeah, we jumped. We built through.
2: the whole station, dude.
3: We jumped. Well, Yeah, we really did. And I can say this in a great way because I went to college for radio, the whole thing, and you learned all the rules. You cannot do this. <laughs> Don't ever, ever do this. And I'll tell you what, one Dave Glover broke every rule in the proper way mm-hmm. to where – Radio didn't have to be that way, and he proved it. Now we got in trouble maybe a few times. couple? Maybe, yeah. But again, uh, you really changed the way folks even now do radio. And again, we, guys do I remember Jeff. <laughs> I wish I could tell a lot of these stories, but Jeff would be like, hey, what time did you guys end the show? <laughs> uh, yesterday, so I have to lie right to him, and he's a nice man you know <laughs> and, uh, and, and and I had a lie. He goes, "Well, then why did you guys both cut off uh our v?" P. getting out of the parking (laughs) lot at at 3.58 p.m. (laughs) I'm like, oh, yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That we did. Oh, God. (laughs) And all of the, wow. How about all of the Halloween shows? I
2: know. It it sounds so uh, conceited, but we were doing paranormal content really before anyone. Remember, we met the Ghost Hunters. TV, yes. And they're like, you know Michael Lynch? Were we freaking out on Doctor. Freaking out on Doctor. Michael Lynch. Dr. Lynch yeah, <laughs> doctor Lynch.
3: <laughs> well, Dave, one of the craziest ones. Uh, we were at the Mineral Springs, I believe, in Alton. Yeah. And remember, we walked into this one room, and it was completely dark. Well, all of a sudden they flip on the lights, and I'm two steps away. I mean, for real from walking into a the pool pool that had no water. Mm. And I'm like, you guys could have said there was a pool there. <laughs> oh. uh, how about that? That could have helped just a little bit. How
2: around. about at the limp? So oh. I forget what year it was, but <laughs> we were at the limp, doing the show. And we're doing a show. We're showmen, right? But it's still the Lemp Mansion. We're still, we're still getting scared the whole time. Sure. And at the but, very oh, end of the I night.
3: forgot about this.
2: Very <laughs> end of the night. Oh, we're, oh. Everybody's gone. And they said, all you have to do is lock up in the back. Go through the storeroom and lock the door. Then you guys can leave.
3: Downstairs. Downstairs. We're going to go all the way down.
2: Unbeknownst to us, uh, this old gentleman who worked there had a couple snifters too many.
3: Just maybe a few.
2: And he was asleep on the flower <laughs> sacks. And we don't know this. He was, okay. I- and he doesn't, know, he doesn't know we're there. No. It's like 3 in the morning. No. And...
3: Now you tell the whole story. To but you, oh, you can tell it. Oh, no, no, no. No, no. I want to hear no, your version. I want to make sure. Okay,
2: so we we go walking in there, and all of a sudden we hear a disembodied voice. After eight hours at the limp, like, w- who is that? What are you doing?
3: Where, where are you boys going? <laughs> yes. And he had a butcher knife. Yes. 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 Butcher knife, dude. And, and guess who pushes me in front, Gino? <laughs> Big D, he's like, uh, you speak to him. (laughs) I did that to you many times. Oh, my goodness How about the Dick Van Dyke? Oh, my God. This young lady, nice young lady. And it was one of our first remotes. Yeah. Okay.
2: For UPN. We'd hit the big time.
3: UPN, we were huge.
2: Channel 24.
3: And Dave, being Dave, would kind of hype. He goes, and Dick Van Dyke is going to be there (laughs) live because he still had a show then. OK, and he's still alive. And I remember the
2: youngest fan, youngest Dick Van Dyke fan in the world.
3: He was probably 22 ish, Yeah. Shouldn't have even no. know, n- known him. No. But I, it's her fault. She re- I agree. <laughs> I blame her. Yeah. Uh, but she she came up to Dave and, you know, he's thinking she's happy to see him, you know, And she goes, hi, you know, the whole thing. She goes, where is Mr. Van Dyke at? (laughs) He goes, ask that guy right over there, which which was me. And just a look on her face, she got all misty, and she just walked out. And we felt horrible, but not really, because you know, (laughs) Dick Van Dyke wasn't going to be showing
2: up. Maybe the worst one was uh, Hera's Lucky Break. Uh, If you guys may remember Harry's Lucky Break. uh,
3: Gino, get this one.
2: uh, Katie Cruz and I were the host and hostess. Uh And I'll never forget, this one hurt my feelings. I was a larger man back then. And uh, I was pretty fat. And I showed up with the two producers. They're like, here's your talent, Katie Cruz, who always looks like a million bucks. And I come walking in looking like Burl Ives on Rudolph the (laughs) Red-Nosed Reindeer. And their faces just fall. Just fall. And the one guy said to me, you better be... Friggin' funny because you don't look good. And so we did this American Idol ripoff. Right. And so we would have uh, Tracy Wilde from The Point and all of our buddies from Casey. They would be the the judges and they had an air horn and uh, that was our version of a gong. And so the people would sing with varying degrees of, you know, skill. And then we, it was a television show, right? So I'd be the host. Hey, what'd you think of that one? Boom, boom, boom. So. Tom had given the horn to some girl, and we get out. This is at uh, Hollywood Casino. Correct. And we got in the parking lot, and up pulls the car from Christine. And the guy's like, are you that host of Harris Lucky Break? I'm like, yes, sir. And he said, "Uh, you gave my girlfriend the horn. And I said, actually, it was the gentleman right over there.
3: (laughs) Speak to him, because I'm like 10 yards behind you so i just heard a little bit of that so i thought he's a fan (laughs) so i'm walking up what's going on sir how you doing he had a gun (laughs) so here's what i hear first of all i'm freaking going oh my goodness i hear some wheels spinning (laughs) i look over and there's g leaving the parking lot (laughs) leaving the parking lot that was scary
2: how about the other guy that brought the gun to the Halloween show?
3: Yes. Yes. That w-
2: <laughs> We're out at the... Uh,
3: we are lucky to be alive, dude.
2: What do we call it? The... Uh, Was it the pit? The pit. The pit. Yeah. And we had, you know, middle of the night again in a cornfield. Right. And a listener walks up and he says, uh, hey, is it okay if I have a loaded gun?
3: you are like, uh, no. <laughs> no, it's not hunting season. It's not deer season. No.
2: Man, we had that some
3: times. Works. Oh, my goodness gracious. We can go on and on. We took a... Now you go back with Rach. Oh, I To the
0: very beginning. Yeah, Tom, like, hired me. I hired
3: her. Yeah, absolutely. So, Rachel, we're doing a deal from the airport in Chesterfield. I know Dave's going to remember this. And I'm not a great flyer. I'm not good with Motion. motion. Okay. So we were up in a small plane, and the pilot was a big fan. Okay. Okay. So Want to
2: give us the, the full, full
3: the full regalia? Yeah. So he got as close to the arch as he can get, and everything. So, what started the problem was uh, Dave. I drove with him, and he had a hoopty worse than mine. And he had <laughs> he was starting to have money then, but he went to buy it, and I went with him. And I, I should have said, "What the hell are you doing, dude?" Uh, it was a Renault, I think, and you had a take like year to get the actual <laughs> yeah title he should have jumped it okay so it was warm out and stuff so before we get out and go towards the plane dave puts on oh
2: no you got it wrong you got it wrong all right we're in the plane <clears throat> he's he looks like he's made of earwax. He's so sick from motion sickness. And the guy thinks we're having a great time. He goes, you boys having a good time? You want to go around the arch again? Let's do it. And so, I
3: was ready. I mean. And then I started getting I sick. I thought I was going to hurl. So really we did. both barely
2: make it back. And we get out of the plane. We go to my car. And he's right. It was a piece of crap. And I had pitted out. And I didn't want to be the cause of him getting sick cause I smell so bad. So I had a bottle of Curve Cologne <laughs> that had been in there for two years Odin's in the trunk. trunk. <laughs> yeah. And I put that on me, and it had turned a long time ago. And we drove back, no air conditioning, with me covered in old cologne. Ooh.
3: I mean, I would, oh, that was a tough ride. <laughs> of my-
2: Not as bad as the ride home in the <laughs> snowstorm.
3: <laughs> Every time it snows. Out. I, I had a hoopty. okay? <laughs> Gino even had to help me because remember when I pulled the door handle off and you asked me, so how did this happen? Well, I said I put my foot up against the, <laughs> the, door. the door and I tried to <laughs> open it because it had iced over. Ah. And I pulled the handle off. Uh, so... It was a snowstorm. It was a pretty good snowstorm. Legit. Legit, absolutely. So I'm driving Dave home out to Kirkwood. And and it was a hoopty, so the old heater and the defroster and stuff didn't work that well. Okay. And he goes, "Uh, dude, how are you seeing? He goes, well, I do this. And I had a bottle of windshield washer fluid. Mm -hmm. And I just do this. I'm pouring it out. (laughs) Out the deal, rolling down the windows, <laughs> pouring a dial. Okay? So he's like, well, I want to see two. So he's halfway out, honest <laughs> to God. Hanging out. He got halfway out of the car, and he's pouring it on his side. Numskull here decides, hey, it's time to turn on the wipers. Turns it on and knocked the bottle out of his hand. <laughs> so I'm driving with a hole like this, and it was bad out. And we made the smallest talk. For that last, 20
2: well, you know years. how old cars have that upholstery on the top, and <laughs> not—I mean, like it was all fallen down. <laughs> so both Tom and I looked like oh, we French were, ghosts were, <laughs> or something. Like it's just like uh, it was. Amazing. How are we still alive?
3: And remember, I had them thumb packed yeah. oh, up. No, I remember. Yeah, <laughs> you do remember. No, dude, we should have uh, many times. We shouldn't have made it through. How are you doing? Great to see you, man. Uh, mm. But, boy, those are some great shows, great times. Um, I won't ever forget them. And, again, so proud of you for what you've done.
2: To everyone and where you're at, what are you doing?
3: Proud. I am at uh, 105.3. I do an afternoon show at 5 o'clock, and I do give you everything I steal from you. I give you your props. Okay. Fair enough. And they still go over very well. Mm-hmm. Also on 100.7 The Viper, but I also own my own streaming station, which is called Real Rock Turbrox Revolution. It's a hard rock, heavy metal hoot nanny. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's right up my alley, and I enjoy it.
2: I gotta tell you something. I was terrified of him, like the first month, because Tom, what were you weighing back then? 300. Okay. And he would tuck his shirt in and button it all the way up. Like sling blade, and <laughs> and he was also the nicest person I ever met. Like I try to get him to talk crap on people, I'd be like, "Look at, look at her." And he'd be like, "Palsy, I don't like to talk behind people's back." I'm like, "He's gonna kill me," and. uh And then he would go to rock shows every night, him and Skip Weber. And here's this guy who's wearing high-water Dockers with his shirt tucked in, looking like the guy that tried to shiv Clint Eastwood on Alcatraz. (laughs) And then he'd go to these hard, hard rock shows and in the mosh pit. Sure,
3: sure. Yeah, it was crazy. All right. How about a Halloween show? We did it over at the Hard Rock. (laughs) And now this is one My where, biggest I, fan? where I kind of got you back, just a little. I'd say. I still owe you a whole ledger <laughs> full. So there was kind of a crazy stalker listener, female, and she dressed up as Dave Glover. Well,
2: you're, give them a the setup. <laughs> she was twins right. for about a year. Oh. And so one lived in New Orleans, the other lived here. One was an executive, one was Cajun. And we never saw them together. Never put two and two together. And one day, the, the one here started talking in Cajun accent. We're like, hey, what's up with that? And she took off running. The jig <laughs> was up. <laughs> she had been outed. It was one person pretending to be twins. Okay. So about a week later, my band played at the Hard Rock for a Halloween dress-up party. And Turbot comes up to me, big crowds, really loud. And he goes, uh, he's like, Glovey." If you see a woman dressed just like you, it's your stalker. And he just went walking off. <laughs> and I turn around to say, the who? And she's right there.
3: there, right
2: there. <laughs> Wearing a Hawaiian shirt. She And she oh. went to, like, a Hollywood makeup artist.
3: Oh, my goodness, man. It was unbelievable. Yeah. it's.
2: And then when they're judging the costume contest in oh. the top three, she wasn't on it. She goes running up there, grabs the mic.
3: It should be me. It should be me. It's like, yeah, you're absolutely correct, Dave. We're lucky to be alive, buddy. <laughs> mm. But we did push the envelope, and uh, it's some of the best radio I've ever done in my life. And uh, I look very finely on those days.
2: Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be here but for you. I love you.
3: I love you, man. Thank you. Thank you uh, so much. I, I don't want to get old teary-eyed here, but I love you a lot, and I can't wait to see the children, and so very, very proud of you.
2: All right. Let's go to break. Quick break. Right back, DGS.
3: I th- I've always, it's only, I think, the third
4: one I've been to, Yeah. but only the second one since being here every day yeah. and all that. This is more crowded, I think, than I remember.
2: Yeah, this is great. See my, See my bud. Um, Tom and I need to do a stage show.
0: Well, yeah, but that's, yeah, I was just talking to him about that, like they're like we were talking about maybe a podcast, but a stage show would be yeah. really cool. We
2: need to do that. Bring yeah. back as many of the old people as we can, can find. Yeah, that would, would be, be great. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. So do um, a concert with him. Actually. I hope you guys I hope you enjoyed that. For people who are new to the show and don't know Tom, I'm, I'm sorry if it was you know listening to stories you, you, you don't have any connection to, but for the the OGs, all the people who've been with the dgs from from all the way back, uh, that meant a lot. Like he hasn't, we haven't been on the air together in ten years.
0: He, he did uh, he called in for the twenty year anniversary. Oh, though, yeah, but that yeah, was during yeah. COVID. It yeah. wasn't quite the same type of thing. Yeah. But yeah, it was really good to see him.
2: And I'd forgotten he hired you.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah.
2: Tell me about your interview.
0: <laughs> I th- I love Tom to death. I'm pretty sure he forgot that I was coming in for an interview for an internship because he just comes in and he looks at me and he goes, all right, well, you start on Monday." I'm like, great. That was the easiest interview I've ever been through.
2: Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, oh, you so made funny.
4: it. Good. You're in.
0: Yep.
2: All right. Andrew, I don't know where we are in the time. I'm all discombobulated from having Tom on the show and, Uh, giving him hugs and taking pictures. So we'll take a break, and if I have lives to do, I'll make them up there on the other side. We have uh, Michael Kelly coming up at 3 o'clock. Maybe talk a little bit of politics. We'll see how we're feeling. Uh, Dave Murray, headlines, stairway to Kevin. Uh, We'll talk to our friends at Hardee's. I want to give a shout-out to Tracy Comstock. Uh, Her husband was here, and he made a generous donation. And said, can I please get a shout-out to Tracy? So, Tracy... You have a handsome husband. Hold on to him like grim death. (laughs) Quick break. Right back. DGS. Call
5: from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
3: Instacart knows nothing gets between you
4: and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
5: You have 47 new voicemails.
2: Welcome back, guys. DGS on KMOX. We're live at the Hardee's, five hundred one. <clears throat> pardon me, Mid Rivers Mall Drive, uh, right there by the Schnooks. Uh, been really great so far. Uh, we'll do a count. We started the day uh, at one p.m. with sixty-five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, trying to get to seventy by the end of the show at five p.m. And we had a lot of people come in buying the shirts. We had someone do fifty bucks for the old vintage DGS toque. And uh, Robert here uh, came in, and he has an old, old-school uh, beanie, one of my favorites, and he uh, gave us everything in his wallet, 100, 185 bucks, everything in his Man. wallet, and said, if someone will match that, he'll give you that hat. So if anyone out there wants to match Robert's $185, bucks, um, he will let go of that uh, vintage DGS. Everything in his wallet. Isn't that great? Really nice. Wonderful. Just wonderful. That lady back there's not giving me anything. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh!
2: Yeah, you're giving me Jack Crab over there, lady. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. My name's Smash. Um, <laughs> what else going on in the world of sports? sports?
4: Uh, well, it, I, it, the Dodgers keep doing Dodger things. What do they do? They they traded for one of the best pitchers from the Tampa Bay Rays, and
2: are they already a villain? Uh!
4: They're going more villainish. Okay. Like they've always been, you know, Mr. Moneybags, right? They've, you know, for probably 10, 15 years, they've they've spent the most of any team. Um, And they're just ramping it up because when you go in with Otani and he's giving you that big discount, $2 million a year for the first 10 years, you're going to go ahead and continue to spread that around a little. Other
2: than being a great teammate and a generous man, is there any benefit to him?
4: For him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, he gets to have better players around him.
2: Yeah, but other than that.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no, there's no financial. So benefit. it really Although, was. I don't, know, I don't know taxes and all that stuff very well, but that's all he'll be taxed on in the state of California for those 10 years is yeah. $2 million. I don't know how that's going to work Yeah. for the 68. But later, it's, a, like it's,
2: a, it's a magnanimous move.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's one of those deals where he could get all of his right now and get every penny of that now if he wanted it. Well,
5: I would.
2: But, I'd like to think I'd be like him.
4: You know, when you look at where he is too, and you know, the the better that team is, the more he's in the postseason, the more his endorsements grow. He's already kind of the king of his home country. Happy
2: birthday, Megan!
4: Stars, yeah, popularity. Okay. It's just one of those deals where he's probably going to be close to a hundred million dollars a year off the field, <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. So,
2: and they're going after Yamamoto as well, right?
4: They are. It's them and the Yankees, apparently. Those, they seem to be the two finalists on him. And It's funny because the, remember the beginning of the offseason, we were all talking about the Cardinals and what they'd want to do, and we were all like, yeah, Yamamoto would be great. Like, that's, that's your ideal. It sounds like he's going to get $300 million plus and he might mm-hmm. get 12. There was, I, I forget who it was. might have been John Heyman said he might get the longest free agent pitching contract ever. Wow. That he might and get. he's
2: like 25. He's
4: 25. He might get like 12, 13, 14 years. Yeah. Which, good luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of years of risk for a starting pitcher.
2: You have on the Google Doc, uh, for Blues fans, Yeah, let's be realistic, let's be patient.
4: Yeah, you know, aside from, you know, the emotional stuff with Kyrou and then, you know, the fan, look, the, fan, the fan base has an attachment to Craig Berube, right? But aside from that, there's a, there's a hockey thing that needs to be accepted and there's no quick path out of where you are. Right now, like coming into the year, remember what we talked about at the beginning? We were like, hey, if Jordan Bennington has a great year, they might be able to squeak into the playoffs. Well, he's had a great year, and they're not in that range right now. They're just a little bit off that. This is probably what it is for like two or three years at least. So get used to it. Yeah. There's no, like, it it's not like football. There's no quick turnaround. It's not like baseball because there's a salary cap. You're probably going to be this-ish for at least two or three years before some of the contracts start to expire or get far enough along where another team will take the deal on. Yeah. So I know it's like nobody wants to hear that because they're not terrible, right? It's not like, oh, they're going to be picking first. It's not that. But it's also you're probably not going to be going to the playoffs either. And I don't know that there's much worse for fans, and I'm sure this is what Tom Stillman, the ownership group, are most worried about is just consistent mediocrity. Yeah like when you're yes. terrible people can say oh boom let's go get the new star the yes. you know, Connor Bedard or the you know the, the, the latest rock star coming up through the juniors very true but when you're just kind of in the middle and there's no way out and all you can really do is hope that the guys you have play better yeah that's rough
2: uh, I want to give another shout out to a listener a gentleman came in with his son and he told me that he has been listening since the St. Louis University show, which anyone out there who's been with me the whole time knows was really kind of the birth of the DGS. Tom and I should have talked about that. And uh, and he said, and my mom and dad are named Jack and Francis.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Very
2: cool. And I don't mean to embarrass him. I mean, I mean no disrespect at all. It was very sweet. Uh, the gentleman was blind and has, had his very young son with him, young man. And I walked over and put my hand out, and the son took his dad's hand and put it in my hand. Oh. And I thought, how cool is that? So sweet. Yeah. Yeah. You know,
4: that's a that's a different interaction, right? Yes. When you're not gonna you don't you know you're not gonna run into that on a regular basis. Yeah. That's cool,
2: Rach. What are your memories of the DGS? Because you weren't on the DGS, but uh, when you came in all those years <laughs> ago, and Tom hired you on the spot. Uh, What's your what are your memories from that era?
0: So I knew the show, but I wasn't like a loyal listener I'll put it that way like I had heard the show and I knew it was funny and I knew that the Halloween show scared me Ah. Um, But I wasn't like an everyday listener. So I started interning And I I do have a moment where I like everything kind of clicked as far as how things were going to run around here. Um, There were like bagels or something. And I was hanging out in the back with Andrew as usual. And you came back and you grabbed a bagel and you said, watch this. I'm going to go hit Tom in the balls. (laughs) And I was like, OK, that's Steve Clever. And that was kind of just the way it went. I bet I did, too. You did. It was extremely funny.
2: I'm telling you, I've got four or five talents and I'm bad at everything else in life. I can hit anything with anything. You got a good aim? Oh my god. And uh I think maybe my best was someone bought Tom and I to play golf with. I think they paid a thousand dollars. And so we're, you know, I'm in one cart, Tom's with another guy in another cart. And they are pretty far away. And it's at Forest Park, and Tom is lining up a shot, and he's standing about ten feet away from a big giant oak tree. And I tell the guy I'm playing with, I take a golf ball and I said, off the tree. I'm gonna hit him in the nuts, and he's like, he's like, "There's no way you can even throw it that far." I said, I, "I got 100 bucks in my pocket. I'll put it up against 10 of yours." And I threw it. It hit the tree. It Hit him in the nuts. He dropped like a sack of flour. One of my best throws of all time. <laughs> top top 10 proudest moments. Did you yell four? He's the greatest sport. Tom is the absolute greatest sport. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. I just put him through it. <laughs>
0: Tom also was just the great, like... would The best laugher. Well, yeah, and he would also just spoil the part-timers and the interns so much. Like, he was just so nice. He'd be like, I'm getting... What was Maurizio's? Was that that the name of it? Yeah, yeah. He would order that pizza, like, three times a week for me and Andrew or whoever was working in the back, and we'd just be like, thank you so much. (laughs) Like, it was just really nice. I have really fond memories. I started in early 2013, and I just have so many great memories of, like... Just starting out, and how kind he was, and how nice you were. You know, I didn't see you a lot being the intern, but you always had really nice things to say, and it's just been a great experience the past 10 or so years, hanging out around this place.
2: I had forgotten that Tom worked at KMOX. He said to say hello oh, to Tom Ackerman.
4: Yeah.
0: yeah,
2: 2000.
4: That's, even, that's pre-me, like my first run. Yeah. My well, first run was 06. Started, um, and where'd you come from? From Chicago, from a national sports outlet. Just Was CamelX like a deal
2: at all where oh, you grew up?
4: Where I grew up?
2: They're just like in the world of sports and such.
4: Abs- yeah. If you're if you're in radio, you know CamelX. Yeah. So, did I, did I ever tell you how I got here? No. So, did the old overnight show on a thing called Sporting News Radio. They called me in. They're like, "Hey, we're cutting budget. You're gonna not get your contract renewed, but we're gonna let you work out your contract." So they let me do the last show. You know, normally you just disappear. Right. right. Normally it's like, "Hey, where did that guy go?"
2: Put yeah. your stuff in a cardboard yeah, box. Yeah, yeah.
4: and they're like, "Now we trust you. You do that. Go ahead. You can, and you can say this is the, you know, this is it, and you say you're going into free agency or whatever." <laughs> so we did that, and the next day I got an email from a guy living in Kansas, I believe, if I'm remembering it right, it was a guy named Dave Dugan who sends me an email. He says, I've never, I've never emailed you before. I don't do that. He goes, I, I, I listened to your overnight show for a long time. Since my wife passed away, I don't sleep very well, so I turn mm. on the radio. I'm a radio guy. If you ever want to get in touch with KMOX, I used to work there. I know everybody there. I'll put you in touch. And that's it. A listener. Wow. A listener put me in touch with Steve Moore through Peggy Cohill, who used to be Charlie's producer back in the day. And that's it. That started mm. what now has been... Seventeen years, all because one guy listening, yeah. was cool enough to reach out because he, you know, because you did something yeah. that they enjoyed.
2: Yeah, in the fall of two thousand, <clears throat> uh, Maureen was my girlfriend and my sales rep, and I went to take her to lunch. And I've told the story. I won't tell the whole story, but same kind of thing. Yeah, I walked by a conference room where Stephen DC and a bunch of other muckety mucks were meeting because they were putting ninety seven one on the air, but they had no money. And what Tom said is true. They, they had bought the signal because 97-1 The Rock was really, uh, really cutting into Casey. So they bought the signal, and they wanted to put it to sleep. Right. And what they said was, what can we put on that no one's ever going to listen to?
5: <laughs> Swear
2: to God. And they put on the second ever in the country FM talk station. But they, so I literally walked by. And like flipped him off or did something, and they walked out and said, "Do you want to do a show?" And I said, "Yeah." And they said, "Can you do it for free?" And just like a bad Fraser episode, Patty McMahon, who was the uh, the comptroller, walked up and said, uh, "He owes us like ten grand because I was an advertiser, and he's not even paying. He's not even making payments. Totally, totally true." And then John Beck walked up, who's the marketing manager, and like a dream, and he said, uh, "How about this?" For every show you do, we'll take hundred bucks off your debt, and I said okay. And six months later, we had a pulse, and the show was. And I and I went to him and said, I was an attorney at the time. I said, Hey, uh, if you wipe out my remaining debt and pay me hundred dollars a day, I'll quit being a lawyer and I'll start doing radio, and it's twenty-four grand a year. That's all. Awesome. They're like, Yeah, fine, For them,
4: yeah, yeah, do it.
2: And then uh, about a year later, we went number one, and that was it. But had I not gone to take her to lunch. They would have never thought of me. Yep.
4: Isn't it crazy? Mm-hmm. How, that's how this is, man. I mean, like, I get a lot. I don't know if you do, but I, I mean, over the years, I've gotten a lot where, you know, you go speak to college students or you're, yeah. you know, friends of somebody. And they're always like, how, you know, what do you do? What do you do? I'm like, part of it's luck, man. Oh. I mean, You've got to be good. You have to be. There's got to be something about you that will make you stick. Yep. But a lot of it is right place, right time. There are yeah. a
2: lot of people out there managing a Kohl's right now who are twice as good as we are. 100%. Quick break, right back. DGS, come on by the Hardee's 501 Mid-Rivers Mall Drive. Try to help us get to $70,000 by the end of the day for Operation Food Search. Quick break, right back. Welcome back, guys. DGS on KMOX coming to you live from the Hardys at 501 Mid-Rivers Mall Drive. Michael Kelly joins us. Good to see you, Michael. How are hey, you? Buddy,
5: I got my volume right now. You just blew me out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, a couple things. I had a, uh, a young man, young to me, uh, been listening since he was 22, since about 2004, 2005, and big fan. And he said uh, he wanted to tell me that he lost his rake. And he was raking leaves with his snow shovel. Nice. nice. And then it worked so well that his next-door neighbor came over and said, Hey, dude, I saw what you're doing. You can borrow my rake. And he turned it down. (laughs) That's awesome. That's a loyal listener right there. (laughs) That's pretty nice. And we just met... uh...
4: Mrs. Yeah. Wheels. I, couldn't, I, I just thought of it, too. I didn't realize you guys hadn't met my wife yet. None
2: of us thought she was real.
4: No, I, like I said, we live <laughs> out here. Yeah, well, she's real.
2: Yeah, you kept saying she you was a model from Canada. So we're yeah, like, okay. I mean,
4: I had she, one of those. She is a model, but from here. Um, yeah, they, we, they live not too far. And I told you this, like my mother-in-law, who just moved here from Chicago not long ago, she was listening for the last two years hmm. from there every day using the Odyssey app or podcasting or
5: whatever. And she loves the show. Man. That's very cool. Very cool. Very cool. How
2: are you, Michael? I'm good. Good.
5: I got you. No traffic coming out here was a piece of cake. Nice. I grew up out here in St. Charles.
2: That's right. I always there, forget that.
5: There was nothing here. <laughs> there was nothing here. Oh, right?
2: Highway K is like Manchester Road now. Yeah. Yep. It, it takes half an hour to just go the length of it.
5: Exactly.
4: I say all the negatives and the positives.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Even when we built the house out here in 06, it wasn't much.
5: Right. You know? Yeah. And you know, I was driving and you know, you're like, Well, there's a schnook, so maybe I'll wait till the next one and boom, I mean there's everything out here. You can you can get
2: anything you want. It's great, but it's a little sad. Um my my friend Robert over here is from Pacific and we we're talking about how it's kinda hard to find country anymore because we we're building McMansions yeah. everywhere. Like when I had my place at Innsbruck, that used to just be Desolate. That's like zombie apocalypse. <laughs> and now, just going from from here to there, it's nonstop suburbia, which is which is great, which is fine, but it's kind of being a country kid. You know, you have to go so far away to find legit country.
5: Right. Well, I think when I was a kid, we would have said like it ended at kind of a Fallon. Winsville was way oh out there. oh yeah now you got to yeah. go Lake St. Louis Not, oh Warrington yeah. and Troy yeah, yeah. 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 Winfield halfway to Columbia
4: yeah. <laughs> you can get the country, though, you just got to go north. Oh, yeah? Yeah, if you go north of 70, there's a lot. You get right into it pretty quick.
2: Do you miss that, Rach? Growing up how you did?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I like living in the city and everything, but sometimes, like, I'll be out at my mom's house, and she doesn't live in, like, the country country anymore, but it is just different being in Grafton, and you look up, and you you can see all the stars and stuff. You can't necessarily see that in the city of St. Louis, so.
2: Robert was talking about how many whoopings he took from neighbors. <laughs> and it's, dude, it's a real thing. I mean, gr- yeah. growing up where we did, I had just as many whippings from neighbors as I did my mom and dad.
5: <laughs> oh yeah, well your your neighbors, but, you know, and and that was the best part of it was like the neighbor kids, right? Yeah. If you got in trouble at so and so's house, you, yeah, you weren't getting away with it, right?
2: But that's so gr- what's so great about it. We develop skills that we use every day in our lives that our kids don't have a chance to develop because we don't give them a chance to get into trouble. Right? Like, we're like little rascals. You'd get in trouble, and then you'd powwow with your friends, like, how the hell are we going to get out of this one? <laughs> right. And yeah. most of the time, you would. You'd pull something off.
5: Yeah. Well, I'm sure in South Roxana, I don't know how it was in the suburbs of Detroit, and but, you know, you could go. We would go out all day. Our yeah. parents didn't yep. know where we were. Yeah. No, we had to be home at a certain time. And Street light. Home. Yeah, right. Barrel children. But uh, it, if it would be unheard of to let your kid go out for five or six hours and not know where they're at anymore. Yeah. Although I I would I would let them do it. We talk we
2: talk about it, it,
5: you know,
2: stalkers are, are are no joke. But uh, when I was a kid, I've told this story before. It's absolutely true. I was with two of my buddies, and a, a pedophile from Central Casting pulled up in a green station wagon with like candy and magazines on the on the passenger seat, and uh, and he's like, "Hey boys, you want some candy?" So we knew right away what was going on. So me and my one friend take off, and we're like running through bushes and stuff, and my other friend sta- stayed and taunted him. <laughs> <laughs> like, for real, taunted a pedophile. Yeah. Like, that South Rock tough, right? We had
4: this. And seemed almost the exact same thing happened to me. Guy pulled up in a van, and he's you like, in the car? Hey guys, you need a ride? No, 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 no. On the other side. Uh, and yeah, we just booked it, man. Turn and go.
2: Uh, Come on out and see us at the Hardys, 501 Mid Rivers Mall Drive. Bring some cash with you. Get a DGS shirt. There's one remaining. Uh, Man, that's that's years and years and old. old, uh, 50 bucks for the literal last remaining DGS2. Quick uh, break. Right back.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?